Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Good evening. Your host Yusuf Fisher, this side of the microphone, with you until 12 o'clock, inshallah. I invite you to join me on a caravan into the night. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Goeie naand, weer eens van die gastheer en vriend Yusuf Isherikam van die microfoon sambetie van nou tot om en by 12 uur vanavond, inshallah. Dis maandagaand, lieflike maandagaand. Hoop en vertrouwbaar, jy luister dit precies die saalde dankenis en ek sê vir jy, dis nou tyd om terug te sit met my te keier met die karavaan in die aand. It's time for our night surgery, and this evening, of course, uh, with the night surgery, we don't have our resident doctor here, Professor Kala. However, I do have a specialist here with me this evening, and he is an orthopedic surgeon. The name, Dr. Abdul Rawud. Dr. Rawud, Salaam Alaikum. Wa Alaikum Salaam, Yusuf. And how are you this evening? Alhamdulillah. Mashallah, Mashallah. Now, um, orthopedic surgeon, what exactly is orthopedic surgery all about? What is it that you do? Well, but uh, Yusuf, we basically deal with any bone and joint problems, and yeah. being surgeons, we operate. Hmm. Um, a lot of people refer to us as the carpenters of the medical fraternity, okay. so we tend to fix things. All right, so yeah, I've got the carpenter, no, and it's rather clear, clear from the carpentry, otherwise people <laughs> might want to know about the, you know, the cupboards and the cabinets and so on. Well, I can help you with that as well. Okay, that's good. <laughs> but uh, coming back to um, Dr. Rawood, uh, practices at, uh, it's at uh, Malamed in Belleville. That's correct. correct and uh, this evening is here with us, so the listener, if you have any questions pertaining to uh, orthopedic. We're talking about bone. Yeah, this is the man and joints. And joints. But bone and joint injuries, uh, etc. This is the gentleman to talk to. Maybe you've been uh, diagnosed with something and you're not so sure. Should I? Shouldn't I? They spoke about a, a, a replacement. They spoke about um, surgery. Well, 
this is the surgeon that you can actually ask the questions and hopefully the gentleman will be able to help you inshallah inshallah right so uh, my number in the studio if you'd like to post a question directly to the doctor 021 442 3530 021-442-3530 Otherwise, you can send us the SMS The number 47913 47913 And that is if you'd like to pose a question To Dr. Abdul Rawood Who is an orthopedic surgeon Now, let me ask you, Doctor When we talk about surgery In your case You specialize in what type of surgery? Uh, uh, Buta Yusuf, um, at the moment I'm practicing as a general orthopedic surgeon, All right. uh, which means uh, cover most of the subspecialities of orthopedic surgery, and I'll uh, n- go into that uh, but uh, later. Uh, the only uh, part of uh, orthopedic surgery that I don't do is uh, spinal surgery. Okay. But when we're talking about general orthopedics, uh, it means that we do trauma, uh, we see lots of uh, injuries, whether it's falls, motor vehicle accidents, and that. Um, basically, we're dealing with broken bones and how to fix them. Right. Then my special interest is in uh, sports injuries, particularly knee injuries and shoulder injuries, and that's uh, where we do the um, uh, arthroscopic surgery. That's the keel surgery. Right. And then my other main interest is uh, joint replacement surgery, and particularly, again, knee replacements, hip replacements. Mm. And, um, yeah, that's the the bulk of my practice. But uh, I I do a bit of hand surgery as well, foot and ankle uh, surgery. um. Right, right. But uh, you specialize mostly in the joints, you say? Yeah, yeah, the the joint replacements, the hips, knees, and then the arthroscopic surgery involving the knee and shoulders. All right. Now, um, talking about the hip replacement, uh, knee replacement, etc., let's go to the hip replacement. Many times one finds that the, the elder they suffer from problems with the hips and then they talk about hip replacement let me first ask you what is the most general kind of injury that you'll find an elderly person will suffer from that might uh, need to have surgery done on it well uh, if you're looking at elderly patients particularly women, once they pass menopause, their bones become weaker Mm. and they're very prone to hip fractures or what we refer to as neck of femur fractures. So it's the thigh bone and it's the part of uh, the thigh bone or femur part of the hip joint. So that breaks off. And then depending on the type of fracture, some of them may require a hip replacement. And the reason why we do that, if that fracture was left to be treated without surgery, and this is how it was treated about 30-odd years ago, right. it would mean that that patient would be, have to lie in bed for up to three months because okay. it would be too painful for them to get up and walk. Okay. So by doing the hip replacement, one, you're relieving the pain, and two, you're improving their mobility. Hmm. Basically, that patient can get up and walk and put their full weight on that leg the very next day after hip replacement. Okay. So by doing that surgery... Apart from relieving their pain and improving their mobility, you're also reducing the risks uh, involved with the patient being immobile for two, three months. And right. those risks include your blood clots, your deep vein thrombosis, where right. you have the blood clots, uh, clots forming in your calf veins. These can shoot up to your lungs and mm. call, uh, cause what we call a pulmonary embolus. 
that can cause shortness of breath and it can even be fatal depending on the size of so it's a very serious complication right. the other thing is that we notice with uh, elderly patients that lie in bed for long periods of time they be- develop pressure sores and the bed like, sores yeah the bed sores right. and again those can become secondary infected and uh, that can lead to a downward tread in the condition of the patient mm. um, lastly um, because they're also lying down they develop chest infection so a lot of the times you f- uh, find elderly patients coming in with uh, hip fractures mm. and um, the family say but they were otherwise well and then suddenly they took a turn for the worse right. it's because they develop or they at high risk for de- developing all these complications so when a patient elderly patient comes in with a hip fracture uh, we try and get them to theater within mm. 24 hours we firstly treat all the medical problems make sure they optimized for the surgery right and uh, yeah if the physician they normally involved with the care of the patient if they say no the patient's fit for anesthetic um, and it doesn't matter what the age is right um, I've, i've done a hip replacement on a lady that was 102 years old oh, okay. so age is not is just a number right. uh, if the patient is able to walk we can do a hip replacement for that patient now um, dr ram when you talk about especially women why is uh, is it that females are more prone to hip fractures uh well but you said again is to do um after menopause uh, the hormone levels are uh, different that's mm. altered so they at an increased risk of osteoporosis and osteoporosis is where the bone becomes weaker the brittle so, bone, brittle bone right. that's correct so when they have the slightest uh, form of trauma they fall uh in someone that's younger who has stronger bones if you were to fall to the ground you wouldn't necessarily break your hip right. but in, in an elderly patient and it's not uh, only the females you have elderly men uh, you also get uh, osteoporosis as you get older right, uh, right. It's, it's just more common in the females more common in them. all right okay um the number of course 021442353 and of course um as we've heard that uh, Dr. Rawood specializes in the hip replacement and also talking about uh, uh, joints and uh, bones fractures etc however the doctor doesn't touch the spinal area the back am i correct that's you, correct you, please um spinal surgery is also very highly specialized right um uh, you either have your spinal orthopedic surgeons or your neurosurgeons that right. perform that surgery and basically uh, it's a different form of training uh, uh, and yeah that's that's just in your field not so, my there we go no. that, that's just to let the listeners know in case uh, they'd like to uh, post a question and of course uh, the three things that are always ask if you do send in your sms the age the gender and the weight we need those things also so that when we give it to dr rawud he's got all the information that is needed so we don't need to see the patient he can see the patient via the sms right uh, our very first one uh, for dr rawud orthopedic surgeon salam to yusuf i'm a 63 year old female weighs uh 70 kilograms I broke my ankle 2 years ago and it's still paining. What can I do? Uh Dr. Uh it all depends on how the ankle fracture was treated. Not all ankle fractures need surgery. Uh depending on the extent of the ankle fractures uh it uh, would involve the ankle joint. Hmm. So it's not just the bone that gets injured, it's also the cartilage that's inside the joint. Now all in all joints the bone is lined by cartilage right um cartilage gives it a smooth appearance allows 
uh, pain-free movement. As you get older in the weight-bearing joints such as your hips, your knees, ankles to a certain extent, and your lower back, as you get older, the cartilage gets worn out. Mm. The, this is a condition that's called osteoarthritis. Right. So it's different to the other forms of, of arthritis that Prof. Kala mm. uh, treats. Um, this is not a medical problem. Uh, it's, it's a mechanical thing. It's right. wear and tear. It's right. like your tires on your car that gets worn out. At a certain stage, it's mm. going to need mm. to be replaced. Mm. Now, you get uh, a, uh, osteoarthritis secondary to trauma. Now, in her case, if she's had an ankle fracture and the bone might have healed, but the cartilage was also damaged at the time. Okay. So it's possible that she now has secondary osteoarthritis. Uh, in that ankle. So that's wear and tear after the trauma. Um, if she has pain, first line of treatment for osteoarthritis is anti-inflammatory medication. That's your Brufens, your Voltarens, you get newer uh, drugs like your Celebrex, um, your Arcoxias, Coxlam, there's a whole host of them. Uh, you can speak to your uh, GP or pharmacist uh, regarding right. um, anti-inflammatories. Um, so that's the first thing. And then also for her to consult a GP, hmm. he would then decide whether it's necessary to repeat the x-ray. There's certain signs that they can pick up on the x-ray which would suggest whether there's arthritis in that ankle or not. And if he thinks there is, uh, if it's not settling with the anti-inflammatories, he would then refer to an orthopedic surgeon and then we can decide uh, what needs to be done further. All right. So uh, listening to you then, uh, Dr. Raut, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, you're saying to us that if a person should suffer an injury, uh, let's say on a joint especially, possibilities of actually getting the secondary arthritis, it could, it could happen. Uh, definitely. Uh, if we look at the, the tissues in the joint, mm. if you break your bone, bone is an incredible tissue. It heals with new bone. Right. And that bone is as strong as it was before you broke the bone. Unfortunately, when it comes to cartilage, once you damage your cartilage, it doesn't grow back. Okay. And depending on the extent of the damage, uh, instead of new cartilage forming, scar tissue forms. And that scar tissue is not as smooth as the original um, cartilage. Mm. And that, that uh, results in inflammation. Again, depending on how much cartilage was damaged, you might have bone that's now moving on bone. And that's okay. what's causing the inflammation. And the and, pain. And, yeah, so it will manifest as pain and swelling of the ankle. Right, right. Just on that, when you find that the person has got problems with uh, the cartilage, you as the orthopedic surgeon, can you do something about it with surgery? Uh, again, it depends on the extent of the damage. If we're looking at the knee, for instance, right. uh, when you have damage to the cartilage, if, a, if, for instance, it's a small area, a small localized area, uh, there's certain techniques that we can use. Now, uh, this is where we do the arthroscopic surgery. Now, arthroscopic surgery is keyhole surgery. Mm. So it means we don't need to open up the whole joint. We make two small little cuts. It's, it's less than a centimeter. We then use a special telescopic camera, and then we can see exactly what's going on inside the, the joint. So right. we, we can do it in the knee, the hip, the shoulder, ankles, wrists, any mm. joint you can pretty much put a camera in, especially the bigger ones. So if there's a localized lesion, there's certain uh, techniques that we can use. Mm. One is called microfracturing, is where we drill little holes into the bone, allow the bone to heal, or to bleed, sorry. And when the bl uh, bone bleeds, that forms the stimulates formation of scar tissue. Now, as I mentioned, scar tissue is similar to cartilage, uh, uh, but it's a bit rough, more okay. rough uh, uh, right. on the surface. But that would uh, relieve the symptoms of pain. Now, if it's a big area of cartilage that's damaged, 
Um, unfortunately, you can't do much about that. That's when we're looking uh, at uh, your elderly patient with um, osteoarthritis or post-traumatic osteoarthritis. Then if your non-surgical treatment is not working, the anti-inflammatories will also look at activity modifications. So for instance, if you were used to running marathons and mm. now when you run, it uh, causes pain, it's logical to, uh, um, to, to avoid what brings on the pain. Right, so right. running, for instance, is not very good on the knees. Yeah. Cycling, swimming, that's still good. Um, so there's activity modification. So whatever uh, brings on the pain, you try and avoid that type of activity. Right. Then also weight gain plays a big part in uh, osteoarthritis. If you gain, uh, if you're overweight, you're at a higher risk of osteoarthritis. So we would encourage these patients to lose weight and thereby minimize the symptoms. Now, if that doesn't help, hmm. then we're talking about joint replacement surgery because right. you can't do anything to replace that cartilage. So we end up doing a joint replacement. Just a final question. You're talking about running. Can running eventually cause problems with especially the knees? I'm talking about, uh, you know, these people doing these road running, etc. Uh, well, <laughs> <laughs> I see you smiling. I don't know. The, the, the thing is, I've got to try and give a diplomatic answer because I enjoy running as well. Yeah. But knowing that um, the knee doesn't enjoy any load or the cartilage inside the knee doesn't okay. like load on the, the, the cartilage. So when you run, there's constant impact on the cartilage. Right. And that eventually will result in wear and tear of that cartilage. Right. So where a normal person would experience symptoms of osteoarthritis, say, between the age of 60 and 70, Someone who's been running marathons all their life, they might experience those symptoms of pain and swelling at a younger age, whether it's late 40s, 50s. A lot of these sportsmen we see on the TV that are playing at the peak, whether it's rugby, soccer, uh, athletics, Mm. we don't see them in their 40s and 50s. And that's when they're having problems with their knees and their hips. Okay. All right. Uh, Well answered. Very diplomatically, <laughs> but yes, I got, I got the gist of it. What we're going to do now is we're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, uh, your SMS line, of course, 47913. That's the number for Dr. Rawood. He's here with me. You can pose any question pertaining to joints and bones, but nothing to do with the spine. That is one area where this doctor steer clear of. Night surgery days, I have with me uh, the orthopedic surgeon, Dr. Abdul Rawood, practices at uh, the Melomet Belleville. That's the uh, number 021-945-2199. I repeat, 021-945-2199. That is to make an appointment to go and see the respected doctor. And uh, Melomet Belleville is on the corner of Footricker Road and AJ West Street. You can't miss it if you're on Footricker Road. And the doctor is a suite 21 on the fourth floor. That is where you'll find Dr. Rawood's uh, uh, practice. However, he's here with us in the studio, and I'm grateful for him for being here with us. And, of course, the doctor, once again, shukran very much for making time. It's a pleasure. To be with us. And uh, I see the SMSs are coming in, but the calls are also coming in. So I'm going to take a first call and then go to the SMS again. Uh, Voice of the Cape, hello. Assalamu alaikum, Buta Yusuf. Alaikum salam. I would just like to ask the doctor uh, um, if there is an age restriction for knee replacement or is it medical aid uh, requirement? 
All right. Uh, okay. Uh, so if there's an AIDS restriction uh, or if it's a medical aid requirement, meaning what when you talk about medical uh, well, aid requirement? Well, as far as I'm uh, aware, I don't think there's any restriction from the medical aid side. If oh, we right. can motivate that it's going to be of benefit to the patient, then they would get... Uh, uh, give authorization for the procedure. It also depends on the medical aid plan. But with regards to age, there is no uh, restriction. Um, You get uh, two types of ages. You get your chronological age, which is your actual age. Then you also get a physiological age. Now, ideally, you'd want to do a knee replacement sometime between uh, the age of 60 and 70. But you have some 90-year-old patients that are still fairly active, um, they walk unaided, they enjoy going for hikes mm. and stuff like that. And because of the um, osteoarthritis, they're now debilitated. They've got painful knees. They can't barely go out of the house now. So in their case, uh, although they might be 90 year old, the, physiologically they'd be equivalent to, for instance, a 70 year old. Right. So in that case, I would do a knee replacement. Um, the, the converse also applies. If you have someone that's young in their 30s and 40s and say, for instance, they have rheumatoid arthritis or lupus and they now have destruction of their joints, you're not going to make them wait 20 years until they qualify in inverted commas for a knee replacement. Um, You would offer them that because it's going to relieve their pain. uh, It improves their quality of life. Inshallah. Um, The lady's still on the line there, I believe. Hello. Yes, yes, Buta Yusuf, I was listening. Uh, Mav, did you, did your doctor answer your question for you? Yes, shukran, Buta Yusuf, assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum salam, rahmatullah. Ma for that, I don't like keeping the people on the line. So uh, we'll get the question and then we'll ask the people if it's okay to put it down. Uh, doctor, this one actually ties in with what the lady just asked. Salam, doctor, Buta Yusuf. Female, 63 years old, 100 kilograms. Needs a knee replacement, but unable to have operation due to having had heart bypass. Suffers unbearable pain. Has difficulty walking. Please advise relief or alternative treatment. Okay. If we're uh, considering surgery uh, and especially joint replacement surgery, it's, it's not just me treating the patient as an orthopedic surgeon. It's a multidisciplinary team approach. Right. So, for instance, uh, we'll, uh, I'll be involved with the surgery. There's the anesthetist. We get the physician involved. If the patient has a cardiologist, we get them all involved. Mm-hmm. Now, as I mentioned with the previous caller, age is not the issue. It's right. whether this patient is fit enough for an anesthetic. Mm. So what we would do uh, as a preoperative workup, We'll get the patient seen by the physician, get him seen or her seen by the cardiologist. If that physician or cardiologist deems that the patient is fit for anesthetic, Mm. then and they would do the necessary tests to decide whether this patient is fit enough for anesthetic, then uh, we would go ahead with the surgery. If we get the feedback that um, this patient's uh, heart function is too weak to withstand the, the physiological stresses of yeah. surgery, then we have to think of um, non-operative treatment, right. and that's what I mentioned before, the analgesia, uh, weight loss, physiotherapy. Mm-hmm. Um, we can also do uh, cortisone injections. Um, there's other substances we can inject into right. the knee right. um, that may relieve the pain to some extent. Okay. Hope that answers the question there. Number 021-442-3530. That's 021-442-3530. Voice of the Cape. Hello. Hello. Salaam alaikum. Wa alaikum salam. Can I speak to the doctor? Go ahead. Salaam alaikum. Salaam alaikum, doctor. Wa alaikum salam. 
just I'm a, a co-patient. Co- I've got um, asthmatic, radicalistic, atriotics, and I triple bypass, and I got diabetic. Now I'm semi-blind from diabetic, and I had a stroke. But now my legs is paining every day. Up till now, I still got the pain so bad. I can't walk, I can't sleep. I just got the pain in cramps at the back, whole legs, under the leg, side of the leg, top of the leg. I can't handle this pain anymore. I've got too many pain, doctor. What can I do? Please, Janala, man, don't be help me. Okay. <laughs> All right, do you need to ask any questions? <laughs> okay, okay, you can put down the phone. A doctor will answer on, on the radio. Okay. Um, when it comes to pain in the legs, it's it's a very uh, the, the the conditions uh, the caller has mentioned. It's it's a very complex problem. She's mentioned several uh, medical conditions. Mm. Um, firstly, uh, she needs to have uh, a GP or a physician that's uh, managing all these medical problems. Now, one of the possible causes for her leg pain may be related to her diabetes. She mentioned that she's having problems with her eyesight, uh, she's had mm. a stroke, she's had heart problems. Those are all serious complications of diabetes. And mm. one of the other uh, complications of diabetes is where it affects the nerves. And you get uh, uh, what we call a peripheral neuropathy. It affects the nerves in the mm. legs. Mm. And you get a painful nerve condition called uh, diabetic amyotrophy. So that causes generalized pain in the legs. So what I would advise is that she consults her physician, whoever's been managing her diabetes, mm. uh, to look in and see whether that is what is causing the pain. Um, and again, tying in with the uh, previous question, uh, if the patient has all these medical problems, can we still do something? The If we need to do a joint replacement, she's first the very high risk for right. any form of surgery and right. again we would definitely consult with the physician with the cardiologist uh, whether she'd be fit for anesthetic but right. i would advise that she consults the physician and cardiologist first they must just see whether this is not diabetic related mm. and not uh, osteoarthritis with uh, which is what we deal with now doc while the person is waiting to maybe go see the doctor, let's mm. say if it's not a private patient, the person then needs to wait for an appointment. You know the story. Yeah. What can the person do in the meantime to relieve those pains? Well, we always start with the analgesics, uh, the, the painkillers. Right. And again, um, uh, in this uh, patient's uh, situation, with all the medical problems, Th- these uh, painkillers also have side effects uh, right. and that it can affect the kidneys and that so it's very important that she consults a GP it's okay. not just a case of going to the pharmacy right. asking for pain medication she has to consult the GP or f- and or physician and they can then prescribe the strongest possible uh, painkillers that's safest for her right okay well, I just want to say that the SMS don't send us any more SMS's otherwise I'm going to <laughs> keep Dr. Rawit here until Fajr not even Fajr <laughs> beyond but uh, yes so no more SMS's we've got enough to keep him here later than usual but we'll see uh, let's go to the next SMS uh, doctor it says Salam I had carpal tunnels syndrome up okay. three weeks ago my hand healed beautifully Alhamdulillah but I have pain in my wrist and it's slightly swollen is this part of the healing uh, yes, um, carpal tunnel uh, syndrome is where you have one of the nerves in your wrist on the 
Palmer aspect mm. uh, that's uh, under tension. And then these patients present with a burning type of pain in the hand and goes towards the thumb, the index, middle finger, and half of the ring finger. That's the uh, skin that that nerve supplies. And uh, depending on the severity of carpal tunnel syndrome, it can also affect their grip strength because right. that nerve supplies some of the hand muscles as well. Now, when we do a release, uh, depends on what type of release. Um, mm. uh, there's a biggish type of like four or five centimeter incision. There's the mini uh, incision, which is about one, two centimeters, what I do. Mm. Then you also get the uh, endoscopic uh, release. Um, it's a small little cut, but uh, it has its own uh, risks, and not m- uh, all medical aids pay for that type right. of release. Right. Now, if this was the standard carpal tunnel release, it basically means we're releasing the band that lies over the nerve. Now, three weeks is fairly early mm. after the surgery, so mm. there's going to be healing uh, taking place, healing of the skin. So you expect a bit of uh, um, swelling, a bit of inflammation. You just need to make sure that there's no secondary wound infection, and that would manifest as redness. Um, and uh, sometimes you get a bit of uh, pus oozing if it's frank infection. Right. So that's the first thing if she's concerned about or the caller's concerned about um, the swelling and the pain if it's increasing to make sure that it's not uh, infection. And I would advise that they consult the surgeon that's performed the surgery. But it is common to experience a bit of mild swelling. Um, also, once you do the release, depending again on how long the symptoms were, for the nerve to recover, you can mm. also then get the, a bit of these pins and needles, and that's just uh, signs of the nerve recovering. When you say how long the uh, symptoms were, are you talking about how long the person suffered from yeah, the uh, pre- before the surgery? I'm yeah. with you. All right. Okay, uh, let's go to our next SMS. Uh, female, 61 year old, 72 kilograms. Uh, space between L4 and L5 narrowed, had x-ray only last October, physio for months now, and doing at home daily, still have pain in lower legs, every day, especially when walking. Now, during the night, also have pain. I also have weak circulation in same leg. Is there anything else I can do? Okay, uh, this is one of those back problems, but I don't mind answering. (laughs) Um, Yeah, L4-5 refers to the lumbar vertebra, so Mm. that's the uh, bony components of your spine in your lower back. So the space that uh, the caller is referring to is the disc space, the little joints in the back. Now, um, in most cases, uh, patients with lower back pain that goes into the leg is due to a bit of degeneration of the discs and also the little joints in in the spine. And in most cases, it would settle with rest, painkillers, the anti-inflammatories, physiotherapy. And um, there is a possibility that the symptoms can recur with time. Now, if this has been going on for a year now and it hasn't improved with the non-operative treatment, the next step would be, again, to go and see the doctor that treated her initially. We need to make the decision whether there's any worsening of the symptoms mm. uh, if they, the doctor uh, examines and is, uh, establishes that there's some weakness in the leg, for instance. Then, then that's an indication for an MRI scan. When we do the x-ray, we only see the bony components right. of the spine. We don't right. see the soft tissue such as the disc and the nerves that come off the spinal cord. But by doing an MRI scan, we are able to see that. And mm. then we can see if there's any slip disc or so and if there's any... Um, uh, uh, 
compression of the nerves, the nerve roots that come off the, the spine, the so pinch in, the pinched there. nerve, for right. instance. And if that is the case, then the uh, the caller might need surgery. It's not a definite, but uh, the, that would be the next step. All right. Salam, doctor. I was diagnosed with uh, calcification in my knee, and it is very painful. What kind of surgery do I need for it? Okay, um, I'm not entirely sure what the caller or uh, okay, uh, just refers to uh, calcification. Calcification in the knee. Yeah, uh, uh, that's not, yeah. There can be several things. Uh, yeah. I'm not sure whether it's the osteoarthritis. Uh, how old is the? Um, not nothing there. Okay, no, no age, no gender, nothing. Yeah. Um, well, first of all, we need to establish, uh, I take it, that uh, the, the person had uh, x-ray and that showed the calcification. calcification. Now, again, it depends on whether that calcification is little bony growths on the, the bone. Mm. Again, that's what we would see in a person that has osteoarthritis. Right. You get uh, joint space narrowing. That uh, means that the cartilage is starting to wear off. So right. the, the space that you see on an x-ray would normally be the thickness of the cartilage, but as it, that space narrows, it means the cartilage is being worn out. Yeah. And when you start getting this wear and tear, then you get uh, little bony uh, uh, formations. That could be the calcification. Mm. You can also sometimes get calcification of the cartilage discs inside the knee. Now, the cartilage discs are what we call meniscus, mm. and that's your body's shock absorbers. It protects the other cartilage. Now, in some conditions, you can get calcification of the, the meniscus. Um, so I'm not sure whether it's uh, the, the caller is referring to the meniscus or the little bony growths right, you get with right. with uh, osteoarthritis. And again, depending on the age, um, we would then decide whether it's first necessary to do an arthroscopy, which is the key old surgery I was referring to. Mm. There we can see exactly what's going on inside the knee. Um, we can then, um, uh, if for instance, uh, we see there's uh, significant uh, damage to the cartilage, mm -hmm. uh, uh, we can clear out whatever we can, see whether that uh, brings some relief to the, the patient. If it's severe, then that person would need uh, a knee replacement. replacement. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, what we're going to do is uh, take a quick commercial break. And as I said, no more SMSs. Kanala, we have got, and uh, see, I have got more than enough. Let me just say, I stopped at 134. That is number 134. Uh, doc, that you have 134, but you have quite a number i can promise you that it has now grown to 137 137 is the cutoff if 138 comes in i'm sorry i won't read that one because i did say no more i'll go up to 137 but anything other than that i can't i can't keep the doctor here indefinitely because already the poor gentleman is going to go overtime. He did agree. We spoke off air about it. Maybe he need to go overtime because of the number of SMSs. He agreed to it. But the man must be at home for tahajud. <laughs> <laughs> Night surgery it is, and of course, uh, I have with me orthopedic surgeon Dr. Abdul Rawood. And Dr. Rawood, I uh, showed him, he's got so many SMSs, it's unreal. So, for the listeners, those that would like to call in, can I ask you just to hang 10 for a while? Let me just get through uh, more of these SMSs. Otherwise, people are going to say, We sent SMS, and uh, this Ruka doesn't read the stuff. He's more concerned about talking to the people on the 
on the telephone. So now, let me go to the SMSs as well. Assalamu alaikum, doctor. I want to know, my feet pain if I walk. I'm not a diabetic. I sprained my feet. It feels as if a bone is out of place. Should I consult a PD? A PD? Podiatrist. Okay, podiatrist, yeah. Okay, but it just says PD. Uh, I'm also busy with menopause. Okay, um, the symptoms with regard to the foot pain, uh, yeah. it's fairly nonspecific. Um, you get different types of uh, feet pain. You get the, the hind foot pain, where it's normally pain at the heel. You get midfoot pain, and then you get the forefoot pain. And there's several causes uh, for painful feet. Hmm. Um, and it's very difficult to go into all the causes of feet pain. So what I would suggest is um, that the caller consults the GP first. They can make the initial assessment, see whether it's necessary to consult a podiatrist. Uh, sometimes if it's just the hard corns that you get at the sole of the foot, then the podiatrist uh, can get involved. If the general practitioner thinks that there is a condition that uh, uh, we as orthopedic surgeons can deal with, so for instance, um, there's some patients with flat feet that mm. uh, have long-standing pain. Now, flat feet is not a abnormal thing. It's a normal uh, physiological variant. Uh, there's a certain percentage of the population that has flat feet. doesn't mean it's abnormal. Right. But they are more prone to certain uh, foot conditions, foot problems. And yeah, so if the GP feels that there's a problem that they think we as orthopedic surgeons can deal with, they would then refer to us. All right. Is there a specific age? Here comes the AIDS again. However, this time around, it's the other way around. Just listen to this. Is there a specific age in order to have a knee replacement? As I was told, I'm going to need, but I'm still too young. But the person doesn't say the age. Yeah. Uh, as with the previous caller where they mentioned uh, older age, mm. uh, I mentioned the converse also applies. Now, as I mentioned before, we were taught uh, when I was working at Tigerberg Hospital, because there's such a long waiting list for joint replacements, right. that uh, preference gets given to patients between the age of 60 and 70. That's the optimal age to have a joint replacement. And the reason why they come up with that age group is if you look at uh, knee and hip replacements, uh, with the implants that we use, they also prone to wear and tear, mm. like your normal cartilage. And these, in the past, these implants didn't last that long. It okay. was maybe 10, 15 years if you were lucky. Then you would require a revision knee replacement, for instance. Right. And those revision surgeries were far more complicated. It would take three, four hours to do, and it was big surgery. Mm. But in this day and age, there's been a lot of advance in terms of the implants that we use. Um, they've developed new type of uh, components that withstand the wear and tear a lot better mm. than the older implants. So, for instance, if we do a, a knee replacement now, for instance, if everything goes well, that could last you 20, 25 years. And then if we have to do the revision surgery, once again, the implants that we use now for the revision surgery, they also better developed and where it used to take three four hours to do a revision knee now it's done in less than two hours okay. for instance so everything has improved and that was the reason why we said no you have to wait till 60 70 so that if we had to do revision surgery you might just need one revision right. up in the future or you may not need it again now when it comes to younger patients and i mentioned um, your rheumatoid arthritis, your patient with lupus, there's some patients with really bad gout, and then you have the patients that have had trauma. Say, mm. for instance, you're in a 
uh, motor vehicle accident, came off your motorbike and mm. you've uh, damaged your knee, that cartilage is going to be worn out and you're going to get what we mentioned before, secondary osteoarthritis. Right. Now, say for instance you're 40 years old, for argument's sake, and you're struggling with constant pain, uh, it's affecting your b- mobility, you now mm. need to use a walking aid, you can barely go out of the house because it's so painful for you to walk. I can't expect you to wait 20 years before you meet that yeah. age group of yeah. uh, 60 oh, to 70. Right. So then I would offer you a knee replacement knowing that it's going to improve your pain, mm. and that your pain will be yeah, gone, gone yeah. and you're going to improve your mobility and that you won't have that stiff knee anymore, mm. and you may not need to walk with a crutch or a walking stick anymore. Right. So if you have that improved quality of life for the next 20, 25 years, and that's while you, you are young, mm. you would opt for that uh, option. And then if we have to do a revision surgery when you're in your 60s, as I said, uh, things have improved so much right. that if we were to do that revision surgery not, uh, at the age of 60, it shouldn't be a problem. Right. It could even uh, improve even more by that Absolutely. type. Absolutely. All right. So, uh, and uh, just out of curiosity, you took an age of 40. What about 30? Again, if if you're struggling, there ages. There's no absolute age restriction. Oh. No. So, oh, okay. so for instance, you get some patients that are born with hip problems. Mm. Um, uh, congenital hip dislocation was the old term. There's, there's a more complex name now. So, for instance, they're going to end up with once they've matured skeletally, right. have problems with the hips because the hip joints haven't developed. Now, again, if you're struggling with pain and you're struggling to walk, you're walking with a bad limp, and it's affecting your quality of life. Right. Um, we've done hip replacements on patients in their 20s. So it all depends on what the underlying circumstances are. And when it comes to orthopedic surgery, uh, one of the um, very experienced uh, surgeons that I trained with, he always used to say, uh, it's not surgery that we must do. Mm. It's something that we can do for you. Right. You decide how bad your symptoms are, and if you feel that you've exhausted all the other treatment options and you'd like to have something done about it, you come and tell us, I would like to have a hip or a knee replacement done. Right. And they tend to do uh, very well with the, the joint replacements. All right. Um, this uh, SMS, all right, this caller, 3934, you send us an SMS, however, only part of the SMS came through. I'll read it now. The part that I've got here says, Third child. During my first and second trial, I experienced where I can feel loose bones in my fingers, where I can move it around, and now I just get the painful feeling. That's all, but uh, that's 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 what I get. Okay, uh, not uh, once again, not very uh, specific, mm. but um, uh, we spoke about carpal tunnel syndrome earlier, and we know that's uh, fairly common in pregnancy. Uh, again, you get this, uh, I've not heard about the loose bone symptoms, mm. but they present with this burning pain, the pins and needles uh, in the fingers, numbness, mm. and that normally settles after the birth of the child. And if you've had it in one pregnancy, there's a chance you can experience it with subsequent uh, pregnancies. Right. Uh, but as I said, uh, we don't treat it during pregnancy. At most cases, the symptoms resolve. And if you still have persistent symptoms after your pregnancy, then we would either first do a cortisone injection. Right. And if that doesn't work, we do the surgical release. All right. Salam alaikum, doctor. I had a meniscus tear two years ago in my right knee, but now my left knee is starting to give a problem and my joints also pain a lot. 
knee and arms, 18 years old, 18 years old, 90 kilograms a male. Okay, um, again, at this age, uh, 18 year old, uh, most of our, the meniscal injuries we see is sports related. Right. So it's any form of uh, injury that involves twisting of the knee. Um, now it could be that he's had another similar type of injury to the other side mm. or if he's still recovering from the other meniscal repair or treatment, right. he might be putting a more strain uh, on the other knee and that's why it's now painful. Oh, right. But uh, what's of concern is that he's mentioned he's got other joints that involved. Yeah. Now, when I spoke about osteoarthritis, uh, as I said, it's wear and tear and mm. it's fairly... Uh, or we encountered it more in your weight-bearing joints. If you start having pain in your non-weight-bearing joints, like your elbows and shoulders and that, mm. then you have to consider the inflammatory forms of arthritis that Prof. Kala and the rheumatologists treat, mm. like your mm. rheumatoid arthritis. So uh, we'd have to establish whether there's a family history of arthritis mm. um, and um, there's certain tests that the GP can do blood tests to see whether this patient's got, got rheumatoid arthritis and any of the other forms right. of arthritis. And uh, if that is the case, they would then refer to a rheumatologist like Prof. Kala and mm. uh, treat accordingly. All right. We're going to take a quick commercial break. Uh, when we come back, of course, we are still busy with all your SMSs. And uh, just been indicated too that we can continue. We will do the the ad break a little later. Salam alaikum. I'm a 22-year-old female. Uh, with a hard lump on the left femur above the knee. I was told it's thickness and inflammation of bone. Then was told they don't know what it is. There's a chronic pain. Tablets was given for pain management, which does not help, but not to cure the problem. Please, could you tell me what it is? Um, so there's this bony lump uh, on top of the knee on from to, the femur. Uh, yes, on, on the okay. left femur above the knee. Okay. Um, again, it's very difficult over the um, air to make a diagnosis. There's, it could be several possibilities. You, In the lower half of your femur, which is your thigh bone, sometimes you get these little bony growths, which we call exostosis. Um, it's... Uh, it's 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 not a cancerous thing it's it's a benign lesion mm. and uh, in most cases it's an incidental finding you do an x-ray of a knee and then you you see this uh, little bony bump on the femur mm. now if it doesn't cause you any problems you don't need to do anything about it uh, now i would uh, it would be interesting to know whether this was diagnosed clinically by just looking at the the, the leg or whether it was made on the x-rays now if it wasn't if no x-rays were done, that would be one of the first uh, investigations to do, to uh, see whether this is a soft tissue swelling or whether it's a, 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 a bony swelling. If it's not a bony swelling, we may have to do an ultrasound or an MRI to see if it's a soft tissue swelling, mm -hmm. especially if she's having ongoing pain and that. And then depending on what the, under, uh, what the swelling is, we can then decide whether it needs surgery or not. Right. Uh, this is a message that came through. It says, Marv, I didn't say my age. I'm 50 years old, weighs 100 kilograms. This is the person that uh, complained about the feet, that pains. Uh, I'll read that one again uh, 
for you if I can get uh, to it? Yeah, again, uh, but uh, with regards to where the pain is, she hmm. would need to be assessed by the GP and then he can decide whether it's an orthopedic problem as there's several uh, foot problems and causes for foot pain. Right. Um, so um, I would advise that the GP sees the patient first and then decide whether it's necessary to refer to an orthopedic surgeon. Inshallah. All right, uh, the next one, uh, just before we go for our news, and after the news, I'm going to have to keep the doctor here for another, say, 20-odd minutes, and shukran once again for, for giving us that time. It says here, I had my meniscus fixed as it was torn, but then they found out that my bone is crumbling. Then I was told I'm going to need a replacement. What is the procedure to follow? Okay, um, I'm assuming when they mentioned bone crumbling and needing a, is it a re- replacement procedure? Uh, I was told I need a replacement, yeah. That, that uh, this is a more older patient. Um, yeah, in some patients, uh, again, when you get some patients in, um, in their 50s or early 60s, uh, if they come in with uh, fairly mild symptoms, you're not just going to do a knee replacement uh, the the first time you see them, hmm. um, especially if you do the X-rays and it doesn't show significant signs of arthritis. Okay, but uh, now, doc, it says here, this person says I had my meniscus uh, fixed as it was torn, and this is the person that's eighteen years old. Eighteen. It's, yeah, uh, the, remember the one that we read, I read yeah. about eighteen year old. It's the same uh, same SMS, uh, the same cell number. So it, uh, I think it's the same person. If I can just go back to the one. That we read about the 18-year-old uh, that asked you about uh, who now has the pain in the other knee and the other. That's joints. right. That's right. Okay, and so if this is an 18-year-old with a meniscal uh, tear that was repaired, then in terms of the surgery, uh, I wouldn't think we're talking about knee replacements right, now. Right. Um, right. Uh, when it comes to meniscal tears, we first try, especially in a younger patient, to try and repair it. Right. As I mentioned earlier. Uh, your menisci are your shock absorbers it protects the other cartilage so you try and preserve that and where possible repair it Uh, if the repair hasn't worked Mm. then we would go and uh, excise the torn part so that's probably what he's referring to okay and i must also apologize because this one is triple one and not the one that i told you so it is it could be an older patient okay uh, and not the 18 year old and I can hear the 80 year old saying, sure, you <laughs> finally got that one. <laughs> right. No, okay. Well, if it is an older patient, yes. again, uh, when the symptoms are mild, and if you look at the x-rays, there's no significant uh, arthritis, you're not just going to offer a knee replacement. Mm. Well, one of the options is first to go do an arthroscopic procedure. As I said, it's two small little cuts. We can see exactly what the damage is in the knee. And sometimes just by cleaning out the damaged cartilage, that gives them some relief now if that doesn't help then and if we see that there's extensive damage to the cartilage then you would advise a knee replacement all right um yeah i've got two questions for you same person salam my mom is 78 45 kilograms osteoarthritis walks with a cane she has chronic asthma also have hernia easy to old to have hip replaced and then the second one, I'm a 55-year-old female, 75 kilograms, osteoarthritis in soldier, but left hip starting to trouble, advice canala. 
Okay, regarding the first question, um, uh, the patients, uh, the, the mom, pol- the mom yeah. has asthma and the hernia. Um, as I mentioned with the, the caller who had the cardiac problems, mm. um, she would have to be assessed by a physician first. He, right. uh, he'll advise whether the, 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 the person is fit for anesthetic. Mm. Now, when it comes to anesthetics for hip and knee replacement, there's two options really. One is a general anesthetic where we put you to sleep, you don't right. feel anything. The other one is a spinal anesthesia, so similar to the epidurals that right. the pregnant women get. Right. So you get injected in the back, you then numb from the waist down, you don't feel anything and the anesthetist can give you sedation as well. Right. The big advantage of the spinal anesthetic is that um, you have better pain relief after the surgery so you don't wake up and you're in pain Mm. so that's our preferred anesthesia now taking into account uh, that this caller has asthma Mm. the physician will decide how bad the asthma is and try and optimize that before surgery and then also advise the anesthetist which would be better the general or the spinal anesthetic right and uh, what about the 55 year old shoulder and the the shoulder yeah yeah, unfortunately, we can't do everything all at once. So um, um, if it's about the osteoarthritis of the shoulder and the hip, we'd have to decide which is more debilitating for the patient. Right. As it, the, the patient decides uh, uh, whether surgery is necessary. When it comes to orthopedic surgery, it's not life-threatening. Right. Um, the patient decides whether the surgery is necessary. And uh, yeah, uh, uh, if the hip is worse than the shoulder, hmm. we would uh, look Go at that first. Yeah. All right. We're going to break now for the news. And after the news, I did say no more SMSs. And uh, I'm not taking any more SMSs, even though I did say I'm going to stop on 137. I did say that. You did. And uh, it has gone up to 145. But 137 is the cutoff, as promised. Night surgery it is, and I have with me Dr. Abdul Rawood, orthopedic surgeon, and he practices at uh, Malumet, almost at Gatesville, Malumet in Belleville, that is. His telephone number there to make an appointment, 021-945-2199, 021-945-2199. Address in corner of Fortrecke Road and AJ West Street. Suite number 21 on the fourth floor. That's Malamit Belleville. That's where you'll find Dr. Abdul Rawood. However, now you'll find him here in the studio with me doing his uh, bit for the community. And uh, once again, shukran very much for your time, uh, Doctor. I know it's precious, so I appreciate it. I enjoy uh, doing this. Alhamdulillah. Uh, Alhamdulillah. Right, uh, I've got two questions which uh, when we looked at it it seems to be about the the same situation so i'm going to read both of them for you doc the first one says salam uh, i'm 66 years old weighs 70 kilograms a female no high blood no diabetes but i have a spur on my left heel how can this be treated then the next one salam doc i'm a female 75 years old 69 kilograms my left foot above my arts there's a bone and very sore i can hardly walk on my foot please help okay um both messages the seems to refer to the same condition a condition we call uh plantar fasciitis now it sounds uh serious but <laughs> it's uh, what it implies is there's a soft 
tissue band that goes from your heel bone to your forefoot mm. basically gives you the shape of your foot now you can get inflammation of that fibrous band that right. fibrous band is called your uh, plantar fascia and when you get inflammation that's when we just add a itis to yeah. it so it's plantar fasciitis so the initial treatment again is uh, non-surgical you would use uh, anti-inflammatory uh, pain medication and then activity modification uh, this condition is a lot related to shoe wear so it's very common in uh, uh, patients that wear flat shoes and hard soled shoes so we try to encourage something with a short little heel women uh, like it when you tell me you can wear heels (laughs) so uh, yeah a a little heel will uh, alleviate some of the the pain and then also if you're wearing tackies for Mm. instance that will give you some discomfort if that doesn't help then the next step uh, in the term, in terms of the treatment that I administer, it would be a cortisone injection. Mm. We give that about three weeks, see whether there's any uh, effect. If the symptoms are, have settled, we don't need to do anything further. Then uh, last resort is uh, is a release, a surgical release. Mm. Now, um, there's a, a procedure that I use. There's a little uh, uh, instrument that one of the companies have uh, it's an ablator, so it's almost like a, a little probe that burns holes uh, in the plantar fascia. So instead of cutting part of it as it was done in the past, now you uh, burn little holes in the fascia and create it like a mesh. Then you're able to stretch that plantar fascia and that way release it and the, the, the symptoms would then right. be relieved. So it's right. a small operation. It's a day case procedure. You come in, you go home the same day. It's a two centimeter little cut. Mm. Now, the the one uh, message referred to a spur. Mm. Now, this spur is what we see on the x-ray. And a lot of the times, the GPs send patients uh, to us with this calcaneal spur. Calcaneus is the the heel bone. And the the patient turns up there under the impression we're going to cut out that spur. The spur is not the cause of the symptoms. It's just uh, uh, how it... Uh, shows up on the x-ray what happens is when you have long-standing inflammation of this fibrous band the plantar fascia eventually you get calcification of this fibrous band and that shows as a spur so it's not the spur that's poking and causing the pain that's just Ah. a sign of long-standing inflammation so we don't cut out the spur as I said first line treatment is the anti-inflammatories the shoe wear modification loss of weight in the, if the patient's overweight mm. but i've noticed all the women that are sending messages are 70 kilos so alhamdulillah that's good <laughs> um so um yeah uh, if that doesn't work then uh, cortisone injection and if that doesn't work then the surgical release right i can see you being very popular with the ladies this evening for complimenting them on that age so i'm dr Peter yusuf what is the side effect of anti-inflammatories on the bone growth Alhamdulillah, I had a five, six, seven fusion ten years ago, and my surgeon asked me not to take anti-inflammatory. Why? Okay, anti-inflammatories can have a negative effect on your bone union. So, for instance, uh, when the scholar had the spinal surgery, a fusion is where you have two bones and you make it one mm-hmm. by packing in. Uh, bone in between the, the, the two bones. Right. Now, you want that bone to heal. So if you have a patient that has other comorbidities, other medical problems, and there's a higher risk of, not, of the bones not healing, mm. then you would avoid uh, anti-inflammatories. So in this case, 
It's a big spinal operation. You want to you want to minimize the risk of a non-union where it doesn't fuse. So then you would avoid the anti-inflammatories. But say, for instance, you get a young, otherwise healthy patient, for instance, with a, a broken bone in the leg and you've gone and fixed it, um, you don't necessarily have to avoid the anti-inflammatories. Uh, right. The beneficial effect is the, the pain relief and reduced swelling. So in that uh, case, post-traumatic, we still give it. Maybe not in the elderly patient with a hip fracture hmm. or anyone that's gone for uh, bigger surgery like the spinal surgery. Uh, some surgeons would avoid using it. But. All right. Assalamu alaikum, Tensif. A 64-year-old female, weighs 50 kilograms, had a knee replacement two years ago. Still have discomfort to try and sit in tahiyat. Will I ever be able to sujut? Unfortunately, that's where it uh, just stopped because I said there was another word, as, but that's where okay. it stopped. Uh, in patients that have had uh, knee replacements, now if you look at a normal knee and the range of motion that you can achieve with a knee, um, if, you, if, a le- knee if your leg is straight, mm-hmm. that we regard as no degrees. Right. If you bend the knee, the most you can bend it is probably to about 135 degrees. If you forcefully bend it, mm. you can get a bit more than that. Now, it depends on what type of knee replacement. There's different types of design, different companies that uh, where it varies uh, slightly. What the companies have done is tried to improve the design of the knee replacement so that you get maximum flexion. Right Now, as I said, your knee, if you have a knee replacement, your pain is going to be gone. Mm. You're going to have better mobility if you're walking. But when you try and get maximum flexion, as I said, the most you can expect with a knee replacement is about 130 degrees. Mm. And that's fairly good. When you then go into uh, sajda, for instance, mm. um, that's when you're forcing it into flexion. And you might not necessarily have pain, but you'll be aware Hmm. The, that um, there is an implant. Something is happening there. Yeah, so uh, it's not uh, to say that when you read Salah you have to sit in a chair. Right. You can still go into Sajda, but you're going to be aware of it. Hmm. Um, and it's not necessarily pain, it's just uh, you're conscious that, uh, and you're aware that there is an implant because hmm. the knee is fairly superficial. Um, that implant sits just under your kneecap, so you're always going to be aware that there's an implant. The hip replacement, on the other hand, is what we refer to as the forgotten joint. Right. So the patients that have had hip replacements, because it's a deep-seated joint and you've got muscles covering, patients who have had hip replacements, don't they forget that they've had a hip replacement right. because it's they're not aware of it. It's mm. so pain-free. But the patient with a knee replacement, they're aware that there is an implant. Um, it's not painful, but they're just uh, aware of it. All right. Assalamu alaikum, doctor. I have arthritis in my hands. Lots of knobs is coming out on my fingers. Can it be removed? I'm 58 years old. Um, Again, we would have to establish whether this is an inflammatory condition like rheumatoid arthritis. Uh, We know in rheumatoid arthritis, you get a lot of hand and finger deformities. Um, So again, first thing is to consult your GP. He can decide whether this is... uh, Conditions such as rheumatoid arthritis, mm. there's other conditions, uh, patients with psoriasis, uh, gout can have uh, finger problems as well. And then uh, you can get osteoarthritis that present with these bumps, but uh, the GP would have to make that initial assessment and then decide whether it's necessary to refer to an orthopedic or a hand surgeon. Okay. 
A 43-year-old female weighs 80 kilograms have been diagnosed with ligaments split in left ankle. Senior orthopedic surgeon and wore the ankle bracelet, have difficulty in walking and feet pain if hold there on feet, swelling and experiencing lots of pain. Okay, it sounds like it's been going on for some time now. Um, uh, when it comes to ankle ligament injuries, um, usually the treatment is conservative, so we would try again the anti-inflammatories, the, the braces, the ankle brace, physiotherapy to strengthen and stabilize the ankle more. Mm. If that hasn't worked, then you can either get an MRI scan or ultrasound. MRI gives you more information. And then we can see whether the uh, ligaments are torn or not or whether it's just been stretched. And depending on what you find, um, if, for instance, this was a sports person, then you'd go and repair in an acute injury. Mm. If this is a a long-standing problem, it's very seldom that we operate on the ligaments. Um, We have to see what else is causing the pain. It may not just be the ligaments. Mm. It could be arthritis. Um, So... Again, see the GP, they'll do the initial assessment, get the initial x-rays, see if there's any arthritis in the ankle joint or the joint below the ankle, and, um, and then they would refer on to the orthopedic surgeon or someone that specializes in foot and ankle surgery. Okay. 52-year-old male, weighs 74 kilograms, have difficulty, have difficulty lifting my left arm because of painful shoulder. Can doctor please advise? Okay. Um, one of the more common causes for painful elevation in the shoulder is a condition we call rotator cuff syndrome. Okay. Now, rotator cuff refers to the group of muscles that come off your shoulder blade. When you elevate your shoulder, that, that group of muscles allow you to rotate your shoulder. Now, as you get uh, a bit of wear and tear in the, the knee and the hips, sometimes in the shoulder you also get uh, wear and tear of the muscle tendons. Uh, due to repetitive injuries. So Mm. if you've been doing a lot of work uh, uh, over your shoulder height, then what happens is the muscles rub against the undersurface of your shoulder blade, and that causes irritation and inflammation, can eventually lead to a tear as well. So again, with most of the conditions we treat, uh, we would treat it first with the anti-inflammatories, rest if you're used to doing a lot of activity that brings on the pain to rest it for a a week or two take the anti-inflammatories if that doesn't help my step uh, next step would be um, to do a cortisone injection into the shoulder if that doesn't help then we investigate further we get an x-ray the x-ray will show any bony pathology if there's anything wrong um, with the shoulder blade uh, Mm. and the bones in the joint and if that is normal, then we can either do an ultrasound scan or MRI scan to look at these muscles that come off the shoulder blade. And then the, this is a condition I see commonly, and that's where we do the arthroscopic uh, shoulder surgery. So right. similar to the knee arthroscopic surgery, mm. it's, it's keyhole surgery, so it's three small little cuts around the shoulder. We put a camera inside. We can see exactly uh, the, the cartilage lining the, the bones in the joint. We can look at the muscles, the rotator cuff muscles I was talking about. And uh, if it's just a bit of inflammation, we clear out the inflammation. If there is a tear of the, the muscle, we can repair that arthroscopically, uh, arthroscopically as well. All right. Okay, we're going to take a quick commercial break, and then I have uh, just a few more for the respected doctor, and then I'm going to let him go. The voice of the king.
Knight says it is still with uh, respected uh, orthopedic surgeon Dr. Abdul Rawood, uh, practicing at uh, Malumet in Belleville, corner foot tracker road, and AJ West Street. Suite number 21, fourth floor. The fourth floor, that's where you find Dr. Rawood. His telephone number to make an appointment that is 021-945-2199. 021-945-2199. I remember the last time when you were here, you still didn't even have a telephone. Remember that time? Yeah, ask I wasn't you, in my rooms yet. Yes, ask you what's the number. No, I haven't got a telephone. So, okay. But here you are. Rooms sorted out, everything, telephone number, everything. Telephone number once again, 021-945-2199. Salam, doctor. I had a knee injury since uh, 1993, which I didn't bother to attend to, but I can't bend my knee fully while sitting in Tachyat, as it's quite painful. What can doctor advise? Has this person mentioned their age? Uh, age, no. Oh, okay. Okay, so this injury was uh, almost uh, 20 odd years ago. No. Um, one of the common causes for inability to flex the knee, uh, for instance, going into Sajda, is uh, when you have a meniscal tear. Mm-hmm. We spoke about the meniscus uh, earlier. Right. It's a C-shaped uh, cartilage disc inside the knee. You've got one on the inside half, the medial side of your knee, and one on the outer mm-hmm. half, your lateral side of the knee. So depending on which side it is, it can present with pain especially at the back of the knee and if you've got a tear there then you have uh, uh, pain when you try and go into flexion or when you go into sajda so it might do well be a meniscal injury Um, again if it's a older patient it could uh, well just be osteoarthritis uh, which is the wear and tear arthritis so depending on the age um, again uh, in terms of treatment if this has been going on for a while now and it's really affecting the person um, arthroscopic surgery not only diagnoses the problem, but it allows us to treat it as well. All right. Assalamu alaikum. I've been working more than 30 years and my shoulders were always colder than the rest of my body, especially in the mornings. Now, I gave up my job to nurse my late husband and had to lift his wheelchair in and out of the car. I have terrible pain in especially the night one, um, especially the right one. Been for x-rays, but doctor... Um, never gave me feedback. Okay, um, it's uh, it's very important um, if you've had any investigations done, whether it's an X-ray, whether it's blood test, that you always get feedback. So right. first thing would be to consult the doctor and find out uh, what did the X-ray show, because that might uh, give you the answer to your shoulder problem. I don't quite know how uh, whether the coldness in the shoulder has anything to do with it, but it might. If the X-rays come back normal, it might well be a rotator cuff problem that we spoke about with the last caller. Uh, as I said, uh, it's a group of muscles that come off your shoulder blade, uh, and it can you can get inflammation or tears of this muscle, and that presents uh, commonly with sh- shoulder pain. So I'm I'm a 45 year old female, weighs 86 kilogram, had the flu and all my muscles were paining. My upper arm is still hard and and sore. Okay, Uh, when you have a viral infection, you can get uh, generalized muscle pain and joint pain. Uh, The muscle pain is referred to as myalgia, and the joint pain is referred to as arthralgia. Now, that differs from arthritis in that it's just painful joints, but there's no inflammation in the joint. And normally, once the viral illness settles, uh, the, the the muscle and the joint pain settles as well. 
Um, the treatment of that is usually symptomatic, so it's the painkillers, the anti-inflammatories would help. And if the uh, symptoms still persist, then I would consult uh, the GP and he can look into it and see whether x-rays are necessary. Inshallah. Salam, doctor. I'm a 48-year-old. When I sit on a hard surface in the middle of the left buttock, I get this numb feeling down my left leg and sometimes pain. Okay. Um, you've got a very big nerve that passes um, at the back of your hip joint. Uh, that's your sciatic nerve. And um, sometimes if you're sitting on a, long, on a hard surface for mm. long, mm. Um, some uh, cyclists uh, will experience that as well. If you're sitting in the saddle for too long, suddenly you get this pain at the back. Uh, it goes from your buttock all the way down the back of your leg. And that's basically what we refer to as sciatica. Uh, it just means that you've put pressure on that nerve and you need to stand up. Once you uh, relieve the pressure on that nerve, the symptoms normally settle. In some cases, if you have long-standing compression of that nerve due to some other cause, right. then you can end up with a drop foot. But if it's a temporary thing, if it's if you know what brings on the symptoms sitting on a hard surface, best thing is to avoid that. Uh, use a cushion or sit on mm. a soft surface. Explain the uh, the drop foot to us, you know, uh, What do you mean by that? Look, normally uh, your foot is in a neutral position. So right. if you're standing upright, your foot is uh, facing forward. Right. If you have a drop foot, uh, if you were to lift your leg up, then you can't even bring your foot up. Okay. So that's essentially a drop foot. And because of that nerve? Yeah, the nerve, uh, lower down your leg, it branches into uh, a few branches. Mm. And one of the branches of the nerve supplies the muscles that elevate the foot. So. Right. When uh, this and this nerve could be affected, so for instance, patients that have had hip dislocations, mm. the hip dislocates to the back and then it stretches that nerve. Then, if that isn't, if you have, if you haven't reduced that dislocation, you haven't put the hip back into position, that patient can end up with a drop foot, right? And then it takes months to recover. Okay, I had x rays, ultrasound, and MRI. Done and they could not tell me exactly what it is. I'm under Grutiskir and was scheduled to a biopsy. But Dr. Hoskins said I it wasn't necessary, but the pain is constant. That, that's all I've got. Okay, there's not much information not much. as to what's going on there. Uh, what I can say is uh, Dr. Hoskins is a very respected uh, orthopedic surgeon uh, in Cape Town that specializes in bone cancers. Um, so if you've got an opinion from him, um, as it is very respected, uh, um, a lot of us orthopedic surgeons consult with him regarding uh, the complex uh, bone problems like uh, bone cancers and mm. that. Um, if you're still unsure of what's going on, uh, then please uh, consult with the orthopedic department at Grutuskia. Um, um Some conditions are not that simple where we can just give you a diagnosis. It right. might mean that uh, this person may require further investigation. Mm. But having said that, as I said, they've consulted Dr. Askin is very uh, highly qualified uh, in the Grutuskia uh, uh, department and in Cape Town. Right. And this one is definitely the last SMS for this evening. I can hear that alhamdulillah. <laughs> oh, did I say out loud? <laughs> it came out loud and clear. <laughs> Salam, doctor. A 53-year-old male. I had operation five weeks ago. I had three tendons repaired in my shoulder. Doing good progress. 
going for physio once a week, any advice for full recovery? Um, okay, I take it uh, that this gentleman has had what uh, we were referring to earlier, the rotator cuff repair, that's the tendons, uh, the muscles in the shoulder. Mm. So normally, um, I would. Uh, he's been to physio. They, they normally follow a protocol, uh, a rehabilitation protocol set out by the shoulder surgeon. Um, so far, whatever he's mentioned seems to be uh, uh, correct. Um, he basically just needs to uh, consult with the physio and the shoulder surgeon and uh, they would uh, uh, advise him as to how well he's progressing. But uh, what is mentioned seems to be uh, what I would uh, advise the someone who's had uh, um, a rotator cuff repair. All right. Let's say this is the last one. This is the last one. It just slipped down uh, from under the door. So, I'm doctor, I've been having cramps in my legs. It was so bad last night that I couldn't sleep. And today started with a pain in my left side, just above the hip. Um, the pain comes and goes each time stronger. Please advise. So, it comes and goes and each time it's stronger. Okay. It's... Um Normally, when you're dealing with uh, lower back pain that radiates down the legs, the most common cause would be uh, your muscle spasm in the lower back. That's mm. the most common cause, what we call mechanical back pain. Um, so that can present with pain, can even get pins and needles mm. and that. So first-line treatment for that, always go and see your GP. You can first do the initial uh, clinical assessment, make mm. sure we're not missing anything like a, a pinched nerve or right. so. Don't always assume it's a pinched nerve. Mm. Uh, so get assessed. Uh, the doctor can then reassure you whether it's a mechanical problem or whether it needs further investigation. Mm. If it needs further investigation, we do the x-rays first. If that doesn't show anything, then we have to consider MRI. But it also it all depends on the clinical signs. So if, for instance, there's signs of definite weakness, for instance, we spoke about the foot drop, for right, instance, right. that would imply um, a, a pinched nerve uh, in your lower lumbar spine. Um, then we would get the MRI scan. But if there's no signs of any weakness, mm. in the first line treatment is the rest, the anti-inflammatories, the physio, they do um, core stability uh, exercises. You strengthen your core muscles, abdominal muscles, and your back muscles, and that will improve. Um, it's, uh, unfortunately, it's one of those conditions that doesn't improve overnight. Right. It could take a few weeks. Sometimes it takes months before things get better. Right. And yeah. also, the patient's uh, overweight to encourage weight loss. That will also help. Mm. Um, so there, there's a, a few steps you have to follow uh, in terms of making a diagnosis. It's not as easier as that but um, uh, if it's uh, something that comes and goes that's always encouraging in the sense that uh, if you have symptoms that come and go it's usually not serious if it's a constant pain and it's getting worse then we need to look at it more carefully all right on that note uh, i'm definitely closing down shop bernard okay you've ended on 151 it sounds and like said, a cricket score yeah and i said uh, 134 we went up to 151 Shukran very much. Uh, it's a pleasure. Really. Thank you for having me. No, it's only a pleasure. And uh, for us, it's uh, great to have people like yourself coming here, giving off your time and, of course, being of service to the community. And all we can say is may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant you good health and all the khair and barakah in your life, in your business, all the success that you'll be around for many, many more years. 
to be of service to humanity, inshallah. Inshallah. And uh, just uh, before I greet the doctor, Dr. Abdul Rawood is orthopedic surgeon. He practices at uh, Melomet in Belleville, Suite 21, in the fourth floor, or on the fourth floor, that is. His telephone number there is 021-945-2199. That is 021-945-2199. And remember, that is to make an appointment, not to phone and say, I couldn't get you during your interview on the voice of the Cape, so can I know some doctor? Uh-uh. When you call that number, that's to make an appointment to go see the doctor. Doctor, all the very best. Hope to see you again. But let, let's not make it a year again, because it was about a year ago when yeah, I saw yeah. you. No? So, inshallah, yeah. make it a little sooner. Inshallah, we'll make a plan. It may be so. nine months. <laughs> inshallah, only joking. Till we speak again, salam alaikum. Wa alaikum salam. That was our specialist this evening, Dr. Abdul Rawood, orthopedic surgeon. And as I said, practicing at Melomet, Belleville. Once again, his telephone number is 021 945 2199.